Hi, I'm Katie with the We Shape Podcast here with none other than Tyler and Nina. Hey. <laughs> you sound dazed already right now. I'm tired. Oh. Uh, it's okay. I feel you. We haven't slept in a couple of days, which years. is years. Years. Your oldest yeah. child's 10, so yeah. about 10 years, right? <laughs> no, I mean, it's true. My oldest child did not sleep for nine years. That's a fact. Nine years years that's a fact and then miraculously she started sleeping like amazingly so yeah. she's a champ now yeah yeah it's i wasn't anticipating they're like oh they won't sleep for like a year and then i was like but it's been nine and they're like oh yeah it's not supposed to happen that way <laughs> okay <laughs> um anyway how are you guys doing good tired <laughs> you know, like we just said so yeah takes. i think this will be a fun one we'll be all fun and loopy today but we have somebody special here today don't we We do yeah. i was just checking in to see how you guys were doing i know i had a mental breakdown on the podcast last week ah, so yes uh yes. we have room for feelings here i know but anytime that happens then you're like damn it <laughs> that was on the air but oh. it was it, it's all true and it's all real and it is what it is and yeah? you got to be real that's what this podcast is all about right I, I think that when you're vulnerable you give other people permission to be vulnerable and um, I think that if we just hide behind a wall, then um, we're never, you know, giving that gift to everybody else. So I actually think that it was a very brave thing you did. And um, I welcome honesty and feelings always. So. Well, you're going to get some more That today. explains our oh. Halloween costumes, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did we ever tell people we settled we on We figured it out. It's not Harry and Marv. Although this yeah. is coming out after Halloween. So, you know, this is <gasps> oh. going to be like a late Halloween piece. Well, it's okay. I people just want to want talk it. about your costume mostly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we decided on Care Bears. Yep. <laughs> no one? Yeah, Care Bears. You know what? We got an eight, pe nine people to do it? Yeah, eight people. True. The best part, though, is that we all found the right Care Bear for our own mm. like disposition. Yeah. Mm. So I am Cheer Bear. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely a Cheer Bear. Yeah. You have Tender Heart Bear. I am Tender Heart Bear, yes. I have a very lucky tender bear. heart. Ooh, lucky girl. I believe it's actually Luck Bear. Oh, oh excuse yeah. me. Sorry, sorry. My bad, my yeah. bad. <laughs> and then our little one is the mini Luck Bear. She wanted to be the same one as me. So oh, cute. Oh, so cute. And she got a stuffed animal, too, that was also a, a Luck Bear. So it's going to be like triple Luck Bear threat <laughs> coming at you. Very It'll lucky awesome. day. Cool. All well, right. Happy Halloween, everybody. Well, yeah, happy Halloween happy a couple weeks ago or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Maybe one one day we'll get these like well actually no I'm never gonna commit to doing don't anything make that live. promise yeah <laughs> okay today uh, we have a guest yes. which I'm always excited for guests because people are probably like you three shut up and um, <laughs> let's talk to someone else so um, when we were making the We Shape product I I'm really bad with time I think I've talked with you guys about this before That's so about a year ago okay. yeah a little more than a year ago well no we started building the product two and a half years ago. That's right. Well, okay. this is this is a reshoot of all the footage and yeah. all the different product footage. Um, anyways, you can anyway, see it from there. Yeah. So when we started building the product, I, you know, we had come together and we're like, we're going to want to have more than just Tyler as a coach. Like, it would be nice for people to kind of be able to select a, a different coach. And so we went through a whole process to try to find. We did find a couple people. Um, and then we ended up working with Marilyn who we at We Shape call Coach Marilyn. So we filmed all of her videos, and she's going to be in the product this coming January, I believe, yeah. end of December. So we're really excited because we filmed those videos like a year ago. But yeah, it, she's been patient and probably scratching her head like, when's this thing going to go live? But now yeah. we're going to start bringing her into the mix and, and then you know into the product. So uh, if you are already using our, our We Shape workouts, you don't have to stare at Coach Tyler 
anymore and and also i'm most excited because sometimes when you do the workouts it feels exceptionally narcissistic that you work out to yourself (laughs) and i'm like what message does this deliver to my child or my children that you we work out to ourselves it's weird to me i'm sorry i'm excited because you know like you you don't like working out with me either on the app so you know this will be a win-win if we're gonna start telling truths (laughs) so there's a lot of reasons we're excited for marilyn today um so i'm gonna just like like give a little bio of Marilyn so people can get to know her and then we'll invite her in. So uh, I did have to put my glasses on today because I couldn't see multiple times and I still feel (laughs) like it's a little fuzzy. So bear with me if I can't read the screen. Uh, Marilyn is one of our amazing We Shape coaches. She's a single mother who raised two adult daughters, who are now adults rather, both of whom are thriving young women. One is, a, one is a college graduate, and the other is a freshman year of college and living in Northern, uh, North Carolina. See, I, I can't see today, guys. Uh, Marilyn is also a military veteran and a heart disease survivor. She actually found out about her heart disease when her heart was operating at only 15%. Mm-hmm. We will talk with her about that is scary as shit. Um, she is also a published author, having written Life After Divorce, a book about living life to the fullest despite crappy situations. And lastly, uh, Marilyn is a firm believer that health is wealth and someone who focuses on the belief of... Mm, I'm going to try again. And lastly, Marilyn is a firm believer that health is wealth and someone who focuses on the belief that moving your body daily is a must for physical and emotional well-being. Mm. Heck yeah. Yeah. So, so I love that. So without yeah. further ado, Marilyn, come join us. We're super excited to have you. I just want to talk about the prices right every time. Like, come on down. Yeah. Come on down. I would stay home sick from school. We need like intro sick music for this. <laughs> and I totally watch that show. It's That's a great my, show. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's make sure you can hear us. Yes, well, we can hear. Hello. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Welcome. So good to see you here in the yes. office. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So uh, you traveled up this morning, and we just I had did. you. Literally come from the airport. I think I see your bag in Ben's office. Yes. Uh, so you just jumped right in, uh, got to shoot some video for us. Uh, we did some new inspirational stuff for the product that will go live when we go in January, some social stuff. So, and now we're here. So, welcome. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, I got up early this morning on a plane at seven. Oh, wow. Um, and here at 8.30. Yeah. <laughs> so, Love it. Yes. So I'm tired, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. This is the tired cast. So sorry tired for the dis- discombobulation. It's okay, though. Yeah. yeah. We'll just be loopy together. Um, so I want to just kind of ask, like, you know, what brought you into the fitness world initially in the first place? Well, I grew up an athlete. Okay. And so I was always in great shape. Yeah. Um, then I went into the military. was in great shape had two babies after the first one I was still in really good shape after my second daughter I gained like a hundred pounds while I was pregnant okay I was on bed rest for like three months on oh wow um then I had her and I lost the weight and then I moved to California and that's when I found out about my heart oh wow um the first year that I was here I gained like 80 pounds in eight months oh wow and I was coughing every day I was miserable um I was going back and forth to the doctor and they were telling me, oh, it's just a cough, giving me cough medicine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're giving you cough medicine yes. and your heart's not functioning. Yeah, they just kept saying it's just a cough. It's desert cough. I lived down in, I lived in Palmdale at the time. Here, have some Vicks VapoRub. It'll Pretty fix much. you right up. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh they God. said it's desert cough, desert cold. So for like eight months, I was taking cough medicines, cough drops. Wasn't getting better. Finally got established with the VA because I'm a veteran. 
went in for my allergy shots and the doctor goes, how long have you been coughing? I said, oh, about eight months. Oh my, you had been Jeez. coughing for eight months? <laughs> like off and on, but yeah. She goes, that's not normal. <laughs> she goes, I'm gonna get a chest x-ray. I think you probably have pneumonia. So she sent me right away for a chest x-ray. Um, I was driving home, they said it would be about a week and I would know the results. I had got maybe four exits up and she calls me and says, turn around and come back. <gasps> I just oh my got gosh, chills. Scary. Oh, that's scary, yeah. yeah. And so I said, what's wrong? She's like, I don't want to alarm you. You don't have pneumonia, but we see something with your heart. We want to check further. So we how, turned how, how, did, how did you feel when you got that news? Dang. Scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, scared. Yeah. I mean, they're telling you to come right back. How yeah. old were your girls at the time? Um, I think about 16 and 20. Okay. Wow. And so, um, and at the time I was married. So we turned around, we went back to the doctor. They took me right up to the cardio unit, um, did an echocardiogram. And I said, well, when will I know what's going on? About a week, the cardiologist will call you. Okay, great. <laughs> so I'm thinking for a week I'm gonna suffer and like mm. think about this. Mm. So I go to put my clothes on after the echocardiogram and they're like, don't get dressed. The cardiologist is coming. Oh my. You didn't even make this it a few exits like down. It's like a movie. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm like crying. Like yeah. Tears are coming down my eyes, and I'm like, what's going on? And they're like, he's coming right or she's coming right now. Don't get dressed. Comes in, starts asking me all these questions. What's going on? You know, have you been passing out? I'm like, no, I'm just coughing. They said, well, we don't know how you're walking. And they said, your heart is operating at 15%. You should be in an ICU bed or dead. Oh, my gosh. And that at this time, wild. I was working. I, I was an air traffic controller. I was driving to work two hours each way each day. I was taking care of my kids. My daughter was in travel softball. I mean, I was doing it all. Dang. And I knew that I felt crappy, but I thought I was just stressed. I was a mom, you know. <laughs> and so um, they admitted me to the hospital. They drained off. They put me in ICU. And they drained off like 30 pounds of fluid that night. Wow. My heart. Wow. Wow. And so, and they told me they would put me on a transplant list. And so I was like, that's not happening. And laying there in the bed, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be my case. So I ended up going home. They put me on medicine. The medicine up and downs, miserable. But I told them I'm not doing a transplant. And so I started walking. That's when I got this movement is everything. Mm. And so I would just walk from my house to the mailbox, my house to the mailbox, and then it got a little further. Can we? I want to backtrack on that because we've talked about that before. Yes. Like you felt like you couldn't do anything. Anything. And what you told yourself was just get up. Just and get walk up. to the mailbox and back. Yep. Tell just us. Get tell up. us about that. Like <laughs> yeah. the logic behind that, because I feel like so many people go, if I can't do an hour, if I can't do this, then I'll just do nothing. Yeah. And they give themselves that that reason, but the truth is, like something is so much. Something better. is so much better. So I mean, I still had to work. Yeah. I was taking a lot of time off work because I was there was just days I was miserable, and I had a great boss. They understood what was going on, um, but I knew that I had to move. I had because having that athlete's background and knowing how I felt when I felt good, I needed to get back there. Mm. And so I was like, if I could just get to the mailbox today and get back, it's eventually going to get easier. And I did that every day. I mean, if I felt terrible, I didn't do it. And that's really, really, really important. You have to listen to your body. Um, but 90% of the time, I did it. Yeah. Um, and then over time, it went from the mailbox to the end of the block to flat nature trails to hiking to running again. And over all this time, my medicine kept decreasing and decreasing and decreasing. But my heart wasn't getting better. Mm. But they were decreasing the medicine because I was losing weight. 
I was getting healthier, but my heart just didn't want to work. But the medicine would make me pass out because it was too strong. Um, and then about a year into it, well, maybe a year and a half, two years into it, I said, well, it's still a muscle. I'm, I've got it cardio-wise, but I need to build it. So I started like lifting a little bit of weights and doing body weight exercises. Um, and that's when we saw the most drastic change. And I started feeling amazing emotionally, physically. I was like, okay, I'm back. Like I just knew that I felt better. Without even having a test, I knew when I went back in, they were going to say, oh, you're getting better. So what was the condition they diagnosed So I with? had, initially I had congestive heart failure and dilated cardiomyopathy. Okay. Um, I have an ICD, so I have a pacemaker and a defibrillator. Okay. That's implanted, um, which I was against that too, but they said, well, if you're not going to do the transplant, we need to, so I, okay, I have kids. Yeah. So it's like my own personal ambulance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing about it is now I play flag football. And so in flag football, you go from, to like sprints. Yeah. And sometimes it gets confused and I get shocked. Oh no. Oh, no way. <laughs> you? No yes, way. and everybody on the football field freaks out, like that doesn't know. Oh my like, gosh, you need like a little name tag. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm okay. okay. I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. They're like, you're going to beast yeah. mode. Slow down. <laughs> yeah, like, like, and then my doctor calls me because they can track it 24 7. What are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just playing football. Have you ever thought about quitting? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> oh man. Again, Does it make a noise? No, but it. It's strong. That must I mean, not feel, feel very good. It doesn't feel good. And so I kind of like... What does it feel like? Does it feel like, like a punch horse, in the chest? Like or? a horse kicking you in your chest. Oh, God. It's pretty bad. Oh, my God. You're just doing some wind sprints and then that happens? Yeah. yeah so I've kind of learned how to like kind of calm myself and like if I catch a long pass, I don't sprint. I, you know, I'll catch just it. Just call it a touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> run it in. I, I pass it back. I, you know, I don't do that anymore because I don't like that feeling. Um... One time it happened, and my coach was with me, and he was, oh, my God, and he comes to help me, and he's helping me off, and it happened again, and he felt it through his whole body. Oh, my gosh. And he was like, what? What's that? And I'm like, that's what it feels like. Oh, my God. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> but, yeah, so to answer your question, my heart going array made me get into fitness. Wow. And then when I saw how not only I, I transformed my body, I transformed myself mentally, mm. and my life, like, just – did a 180 and it like became amazing and so now fitness is like my passion because I know that it was the one thing that kept me going yeah when I could have easily had to get a transplant or been dead like they told me like why are you alive yeah can I ask you a question about that just because I'm curious like out of I too like had my own transformation story and um I found that fitness just did something magical to your ability to excel in so many other areas. Yes. Like, what, what did you experience yourself in that? So, well, I was an air traffic controller. Um, I loved my job. But because of my heart and because of the device they put in, I had to get medically retired because they don't want you up there getting shocked while makes talking. Sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Uh, yeah. Um, and initially that was, it was like, yay. And, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I'm, you know, I was 40 at the time. Um, but because of that, I was forced into other things. Well, the fitness, I was able to really concentrate on the fitness part. Yeah. And then my self-esteem and the self-love for myself let me get out there and do other things that I would have never thought about. Mm. Um, the confidence, the, the self-love confidence, yeah. turned it around. Yeah. yeah like, the, I, like you said, fitness, it just takes you to a whole new level. Yeah. Like when you're in the gym or at home and you look in the mirror and you're working out, it just makes you feel like proud of yourself. Yeah. 
Um, and so I got into modeling. I got into acting, things that I never, ever, ever would have done. <laughs> but I've done it, and I'm staying busy, and I'm working, and, um, and it's so much fun. Flag football. I love football, but I would have never played football. And now yeah. I play football, and I lead a hiking group. And all things that if I hadn't got back into fitness, I would have never done. I wouldn't have had the confidence. What an what a amazingly inspirational yeah. story. That's so amazing. To go from 15% use of yeah. your heart, you should be dead or in <laughs> yeah. bed, yeah. to I've got to be able to walk to the mailbox, mailbox and back, yes. to them having to slow you down in flag <laughs> yes. football. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. What a cool thing. It, it's amazing. And I feel amazing. And um, seeing my, my kids are always like, Mom, you're the strongest person I know. Mm. And hearing that. And it's not in a physical way, but in the personality and strength, they see like everything that I went through and how I didn't give up. Yeah. And so I always tell everybody, there's nothing that you can't come back from. Yeah. No matter how bad it seems, you can come back. And I think just another thing to highlight is when you are focusing on the right, in my opinion, the right things. Yes. like your health and your energy yes. and your your emotional state cuz you can look great and be as skinny as you want but have a terrible be psychological a terrible state yeah and so i think that you know what and this is why we have some you know part of the reason why we have the mission that we do is like you know people need to think about why they're doing something yes and i think that the reason why people cannot sustain any type of regular, consistent, long-term exercise is because when your intention and motivation is is driven by extrinsic, like, oh, I'll fit into a societal category, I'll get praise from this person, when, it's, when it comes from there, it just isn't deep enough to be able to have long-term sustainability. Yes. And so I always like people to talk about the feeling that they get yes. because the feeling is the driver of yes. what keeps you going past that two-month mark that you, you know, most people just say, ah, I've done it for a couple months, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's, it's intrinsic. It's like, I feel so great, I have more energy. It's, those are the feelings that drive that behavior. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, with your absolutely. And, um, because like I said, I with my second daughter, I gained so much weight. Um, and I worked really hard to lose weight, but I gained it right back. Um, because it was more, I just wanted to look a certain mm. way. And when I lost all that weight, it wasn't done healthy. So even though I was a small number on the scale, I was flabby everywhere, it just looked terrible. Like it wasn't what I expected to look like when I lost all that weight. Mm. Um, this time when with my heart, I knew I needed to lose the weight to live. And so my why was, I want to be here. Yeah. Like, I've already cheated death. Mm -hmm. So I need to get healthy so I can be here for my kids. And so mentally, I can continue. I mean, I could have taken the option of laying in the bed waiting for the transplant. Yeah. Or let's get up and do something and continue living. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I, think that, I think that people need to hear that. Yeah. And we'll talk. We've we you know we'll talk about the aesthetics even a little bit more in the podcast too because I know that it is motivating and is a driver. But when people wonder why they can't go past a couple months, I urge them to think about why they're why? doing it. Why is so so important? Yeah, we ask everyone who joins our our <laughs> our community and in our product. Like in our product, it says why. Like there's like a section that you can even edit. So mm -hmm. I'm like, if you're using our product and your why is to get a number on the scale. 
today's the day you go and change that answer in the product because <laughs> yes. it just isn't sustainable. It's not. It's yeah. not. It works for a little while. Yeah. Um, the other thing, kind of to hit on that, I always tell people, they're like, how did you do it? What Baby steps. Yeah. Mm. Don't jump into anything. Um, well, like you said, you were walking to the mailbox. Exactly. I didn't try to change my diet. I didn't try to go to shakes. I didn't try to, you know, go to the gym and just bust out all this stuff. I walked to the mailbox, and that was my focus. And then as I got better at that, then I cut out soda. Or, you know, well, I didn't cut out diet soda. <laughs> I cut out regular soda. But I took one thing at a time. Yeah. When people jump into something to try to feel better or look better, they think, I got to go cold turkey. I'm not eating this. I'm not doing this. I'm doing it's never going to work. Yeah. yeah. Little that's, steps. And that's backed. That's backed by science, too. I mean, yeah. if you t- if you bite off more than you can chew, you're never going to stick yeah. to and something. And that's not, just not in weight loss. That's in life. Everything. <laughs> yes. Everything. I think that's such a big lesson for people to learn is just like, again, just walk into the mailbox and back. Yeah. It's that first step that sometimes people need to take that. Yep. You know? And like drinking a glass of water in the morning. Yeah. Right? Like simple things <laughs> like that simple can make things. a huge difference on you if you're just patient with them. Yeah. You know? And it takes patience. And yeah. it's not an all or none thing, too. No. Do you know what I mean? I think that uh, it's okay to enjoy food. It's okay. I think it's just Absolutely. about e- evaluating your intention, your relationship with, with food and exercise. Um, you know, because I've been on the other side where I'm like overly neurotic and I'm like, that made me unhealthy yeah. too. Yes. You know, so it, it. I think it's just about the intention and the feeling and, um, the the aspiration for less self-judgment i think is probably the biggest one because um our relationship to self is probably the most you know most important relationship that we'll have as human beings and i don't think people really talk about that enough i think you know relationship oh your your husband or your wife or your kids and i'm like those are important people in your life but how you think about yourself is what actually allows you to have the depth of that connection with those people. Yeah, absolutely. And we give everybody else in our lives grace. Yeah. But we don't give ourselves None. grace. None. And I do want to so say, I want to have like an opportunity to say that that thing that you talked about where you were like, uh, my heart was operating at 15% and I thought, I, you know, I'm a mom. I'm tired. Yeah. I'm just, I'm not taking care of myself. I wanted to come back to that too, because yeah. that is a common thing. Because, you know, my cousin actually didn't survive mm-hmm. her heart condition. Yes. And uh, she was missed, she was uh, 37 years old mm-hmm. when she passed away, and she had four children. Yeah. Uh, they were eight and 18 at the time, two sets of twins. And she was misdiagnosed with heartburn for 10 years, just like your cough. That's so terrible. And you know what? She was busy. She, uh, the, kid, the kids had a lot of different things they needed. Uh, you know, uh, her husband worked a really high demanding job. There was like never a spot for her. Yes. And I think one of the hardest things to have to accept about her death, if I'm being very honest, was that it was probably preventable. Yeah. And uh, she was so dedicated to the care of other that I never watched her put herself first. And I think that that was a huge wake up call for myself because I was running this business and I had two small children Mm -hmm. at the time. And um, even through her death, when all of, you know, a lot of her children looked to me right after that, I I think I took a month or two off work and I just went over there every day and was helping care for her kids. And I was even telling myself, like, be careful. Like, you have to be able to care for yourself. You You don't get a second chance. And 
it was a very hard lesson for me to live through, but a very important one, right? It's because very. you don't, I mean, she didn't, she didn't, anyway, I just feel like if you're a mom out there and you don't feel right, and a doctor is telling you, oh, it's heartburn, or oh, you have a cough, and oh, I just feel like this because I'm, you know, I just have my kids and life's crazy and it's this and it's like you you have to be an advocate for yourself in all respects with the physicians with your family like I'm sorry it's okay to tell your family no I just want to say that yes. but doesn't that go back to what you just said which was like the intention behind it all right like physical health is predicated on mental health mental health is predicated on self-image right mm -hmm. and that ultimately you know it may sound difficult but ultimately self-image is a choice mm -hmm. right we can look at ourselves in the mirror we can say i'm amazing or we can look <laughs> at ourselves in the mirror and we can say i suck i'm horrible and we can you know self-deprecate and judge mm -hmm. and um i think it's so important that if we change the way we look at ourselves we won't do that yeah, we won't I, neglect I just want to like really emphasize, though, especially as women and as moms, because it's 2022. And so now if you're a woman in today's society, uh, you actually ha like in order to be perceived as valuable, you have to have kids and a career. And all. It's like it's insane. First of all, <laughs> um, do what works for you, uh, whether that's trying both or picking one or the other. Um, but my I think to just further hone that point, because women feel like they do not have permission to care for self. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna give a very simple example of an everyday experience that I experienced this last week that Katie two years ago would have, I would have been like, who is that person you're talking about, mm -hmm. right? I texted my mother, I know my mom's probably listening, hello mom, and I said, what are your plans for Thanksgiving? I asked if my brother was coming in from Nashville, she said, um, we don't know yet. And I said, just wanna let you know I'm not available to host this year, and I'm actually not available to go anywhere. Um, I would like to invite people over for dessert at five o'clock, but me and Tyler and the kids, we're gonna watch movies all day. And, and I know that it's like, you're breaking tradition. You've been hosting for 10 years, you know? I'm like, no, I'm not gonna do that because I don't feel like it. Yes. And I feel like it's actually better for my own physical and mental sanity at this particular juncture in, in my life and Thanksgiving of 2022 to take a break with my kids and I'll see you at five for some pie. <laughs> and, you know, she, I'll be she, there. She did the thing. She did the thing where like the, like she was typing and the dots were coming up, but then it went away. She's the lady. And then I was like, what but, is she going to say? And you know what? Even if she would have been upset it's still okay yes she wasn't she was like that's okay great you know so thank you mom for not they, freaking out they've but. learned that lesson over the years but it took a lot because for a long time there that was the expectation let's not pretend like in our families like both of our parents aren't like you're gonna handle thanksgiving you're gonna handle this and you're gonna handle me in the retirement home and but, you know all this but stuff, listen right? so that is not because they told us to do that no. that is because i went in as a woman thinking yep. just because i can i should yeah. Just, I can host Thanksgiving with everything on my plate. I don't want to. Mm. And so I think that we have to give ourselves permission as women, as mothers, as trying, if, you know, regardless if you're even working or not. If you're a woman and you, let, I don't even care if you have kids, and you don't want to host, you don't have to host. So exactly. I think it's like just thinking about that concept of just because I can does not mean I have to, mm -hmm. and living a little bit more from that space. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, I agree with that. And I think it took me getting sick and then getting better um, because I was in that same mindset for a long time. Most of my life I was a single mom. I was married for two years in there, but I was single the rest of the time and I felt like I took care of everybody. And it was almost a superhero complex, like I can do it all, I'm gonna do it all. 
and I can't say no because they everybody sees her. So, oh, she's amazing, and she could do it all. And I was killing myself like that. They don't know what caused my heart problem. Yeah, they've tried all these tests, and I don't. But I feel it was stress, like I was doing too much. And so when I decided to take my life back and say no, and initially people don't like that. People don't like to hear the word no. And can I just say? If you set a boundary with someone in your life and they don't like it, it's 100% their problem. And it's an opportunity for you to evaluate if that's a healthy person in your life. Boundaries are okay. I just want to give everyone permission right now. (laughs) Uh, It's okay to break tradition. It's okay to not do what other people want you to do. It's okay to make your own rules. Like, this might sound radical, but like, (laughs) I just feel like women have been literally conditioned and bred to fill all these roles, and the roles keep filling and filling and filling and filling until it's not going to change. Until collectively we come together and say, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. I'm good. I'm going to watch, I'm going to watch Home Alone. One and two, all day on Thanksgiving. In my pajamas. In my pajamas. Yes. And I'm not even, get, you know what? I'm not even going to bake the pies. We're gonna I'm buy going them. to buy the pies. Yes, yes, and yes. I'm actually going to ask you to bring the coffee. Yes. So it's like, that's okay. And it I can is. do that in a kind way. I don't have to be sassy about it. Although exactly. my mom would probably argue sometimes I am sassy about it. But it's okay to do that. And it's, it's, it's like you said, it's baby steps. It's little tiny pieces of those actions. I'm so sorry I can't host. We just want to relax today. Yes. And then let them have their emotions and feelings and reactions over there. And then it's just another example of that and another. And then before you know it, you wake up in the morning and you go, what do I need today? And then you discover that when you figure out what you need, actually everyone benefits. You just have to get through the threshold of the discomfort of the nose and the reactions from other people. But once you can get through that threshold, the Mm -hmm. amount of like liberation and freedom I think a woman can have is infinite. How did you guys get through the guilt? That's something that I've watched you have to deal with, but like obviously you're a superwoman, everybody's praising you, that's like fueling you to continue. And then you go and you set that first boundary. And then the guilt sets in and I should be this and I should be that. Like so how do you I have an easy answer to that. If I don't know if you want to go first. Um you can go first. I just changed the people I hang out with. Mm. <laughs> I just stopped spending time with people who didn't see me for who I really was and who were valuing me for those things. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I just, I don't do that anymore because it, I don't feel happy when I do that. I'm like, yeah. if you're going to value me based on my output and what I offer you, we got to redefine this relationship because yeah. I am not, that, that's just me being something for you and nothing for me. Yeah. I'm not going to do that anymore. See you at Thanksgiving. <laughs> No, so. I will not see you. Well, maybe I'll see you. <laughs> he the rest you, of you, so. I will not see. So I'm there now. Yeah. Where sh- I'm there now, and I agree. I've changed friends. I've trained even family members. I've just yeah. cut off. Like you know, I can be cordial with you, but we don't need to hang out. We don't need to talk a lot because you don't respect my boundaries. Mm. However, initially for me, I had a lot of guilt, and so there was a lot of crying in the shower after mm. I said no about things, and then the next day I would call whomever and offer to do something nicer for them. Mm. Because I would feel bad, like I'm supposed to be doing this for people, like they need me, like they, and so that cycle went on for a while where I would say no and I'd be like, I'm saying no, I'm not doing this, I'm gonna be in control, but then I'd feel miserable because I felt like I was letting somebody down. And I had time, like my thing was like, well I'm not working, I have time. Um, But then I realized you give, 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 and you don't receive and I'm feeling miserable and they're not even understanding how I feel and how it's making me feel terrible. 
And so I got to that point where, you know what, those people that don't accept my boundaries, they don't need to be in my life. And do you ever notice that the closest, like Nina's like one of the closest people in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, love you too, but Nina, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Nina, it's Sometimes me. I said one of. <laughs> Sometimes Tyler will be like, oh, that's for, oh, that's for Nina. That has nothing to do with me. Okay, cool. Right before uh, the podcast, you said, you want a sip of this kombucha? I said, oh, me? And you're like, no, no. I was talking to Nina. We were <laughs> sitting right so here. <laughs> okay, that just happened. Um, but it's like, I don't, you ever notice that with the closest, safest, most authentic people in your life, you don't even have to explain it. Exactly. That's how. That's your clue. There's actually no guilt associated no guilt. with it. And they know not to ask you for certain yeah. things. They know, okay, she's going through things. She doesn't have time for this. Yeah. They know, yes, your closest friends know. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, so that's who I give my time to now. Yes, it's not I've, that I've erased everyone from my yeah. life. It's just that I just, and to be honest with you, it's not like I've expanded my, I've actually, I kind of hang out more alone than I've ever hung out too. Do you know what I mean? Like I've even had to talk to Tyler who's a little bit more extroverted than me like I love you but I don't want to hang out every single night. Like I I just want to like read a book in the bath sometimes, you know? And so like even being able to say that, right? Because you know, I did grow up in an environment where your husband is your number one. And while I think that works for some people, I'm okay for that to be somebody else's story. I'm okay for somebody to live from that space if that works for them. And sometimes he is my number one, but sometimes seasons of my life, Nina's my number one. And sometimes seasons of my life, my children are number one. And sometimes seasons of my life, my business is number one. And every season of my life, I need to be number one to me. That to me is like the most freedom we can offer Mm -hmm. ourselves. And so again, like you said before, it is not something that happens overnight. It's, I don't feel like doing that, so I'm gonna experiment with saying no with kindness. And I'm going to sit through the pain and discomfort and have the courage to be there for their feelings, Mm -hmm. but stick with what I know is good for me. It's a process, right? Like I think people are are hearing this and they're thinking to themselves like, oh, I want to be, I want to be brave like that. I want to go out there and do that. But it like, I mean, I've watched you take years and years and years to unwind this process. And, you know, just one other comment I wanted to make that I've, I've witnessed, and I don't know if you shared this experience, but when you're a giver, then you have all these people around you. And when you start setting these boundaries, you start recognizing that you surrounded yourself with takers. Because yes. takers love givers and givers love takers, yes. right? And the moment you say, hey, I can't give right now. I need you to give to me. They go, I'm going to go find somebody else who's going to give to me. <laughs> yes. you know. And so it's very easy to see the difference between someone who's going to show up for you for the long haul and someone yeah. who's going to show up you know, just because they're getting something they're in return. Something. I also want to comment, too, on something you said about how uh, you would say no and then you would cry in the shower. And like, I think it is so powerful to do something hard and let it be hard, mm-hmm. right? Like this is somewhat unrelated, but like I suffered, suffered with really significant anxiety for a really long mm-hmm. time. And I was in therapy for it and they like were like, you can get prescribed these drugs, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't wanna do that. That's yes. not gonna work for me. But I would do things and like sob the whole way through it because yeah. I was terrified about yeah. the thing, like super afraid to fly, for instance, by mm-hmm. myself. I'm gonna cry on the plane. I'm gonna cry through security. I'm gonna cry my way onto this plane and I'm gonna still do it. And I'm not saying that that works for everybody. Mm -hmm. I totally understand that mental health is like a big spectrum, but like you can say no and be like, this feels really bad. I'm feeling bad and still take that action. And like that has changed my life Mm -hmm. is like, you know, I'm just gonna do, I'm gonna do it scared. Because I'm going to be yeah. scared. So I might as well just <laughs> yeah, fucking well do it do anyway. It, yeah. And like to that, you're like, it sucks to say no. It doesn't yeah. feel good to me. It feels opposite yes. to how I'm wired maybe or raised. And then you're like, but I'm going to do it anyway. And exactly. that is a really beautiful thing. And, and I want to comment on and that. And then you know the funny thing when you do you that? You get better at it. <laughs> you get better at yes. it. You yes. learn to surround yourself with people anymore. who can hold you 
in that yes. space. And then all of it actually gets easier. Because if you think about when you're in a space of giving to everybody and everything, mm -hmm. and you don't actually take a moment to say, actually, what do I need? I need to adjust this relationship. I need to adjust this relationship. I need to adjust this one. Then you start to hone in the people who support the things that yes. you need. And then when you go through the hard time, guess what? Those people are there for you. Yes. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I was actually walking through security on the phone with a friend crying. And she's like, just cry your way through. Yeah. People yeah. were like, is this girl okay? <laughs> but hey, I made it on that plane. so And it yeah. is easier today. Absolutely. So, yeah. so I wanted to go back to something that we talked about um, with the women. With women and men too. If you don't feel something's right, like with my heart, you know, I was going to the doctor and they were telling me it was a cough, giving me cough medicine, like cough medicine with codeine at that, like, you know, strong medicine. Jeez. Yeah. And I would take it and I would sleep. Yeah, I <laughs> bet. I wake, up, I wake up coughing again. Um, get second opinions. Um, and third opinions. And third opinions. And fourth opinions. And go, you know, do research yourself. You're your best advocate. You have to take care of yourself. I fault myself. I mean, I'm glad I'm alive, but I should have went and found, I was going to like urgent cares. I was new to California. I didn't have a doctor. I should have went and got a second opinion and a third opinion until someone told me, and it may not have been eight months later. Yeah. Um, I'm just blessed that I was still here. But like your cousin, she didn't do that. And no matter if you're dead, you're not good to anybody. So go get the first, second, third, fourth. And just opinion. because a doctor is telling you something, yeah, you were you, instructed by physicians to take cough medicine. Yes, physicians are humans. Exactly. We need them. We appreciate them. We're grateful for their skill set. But if they're it's human not working, beings. Exactly. And if people it's not don't working. know what they don't know. Like I know that you know this is not nearly in the same mm -hmm. realm as where you're at. But you know I've had this uh, this knee injury on my right knee mm -hmm. where I had three surgeries, nothing seemed to fix it. Yes. My ACL was fully torn again. Mm -hmm. You know it was just polishing bone on bone. Mm -hmm. And I went to like basically the best local surgeon here and he was like we can't do anything for you like this doesn't exist the yeah. fda is trying to clear like a meniscus and they don't have it yeah. and like did a bunch of research got some opinions found a guy up in san francisco one of two guys in the u.s who does meniscus transplants got the surgery a year ago and i'm better. like i can wow. do i can flat out sprint i can do things yeah. again that i haven't been able to do in like a decade yeah. and it's like so important so just to take somebody that out hands. there yeah yeah a situation that happened to me another kind of related to the heart um about a year and a half after being diagnosed, I was at home one night and I got up and I fell out of the bed. Oh no. Um, passed out. And then my daughter, my youngest daughter, 16 maybe, started screaming for my older daughter to come in there. And they got me, I woke, you know, I got up, they helped me up. I started vomiting and I was sweating and my chest was hurting like crazy. And I thought for sure I was having a heart attack. Yeah. And they called 911. The ambulance came, they put the, um, I don't remember what it's called, under my tongue to stop a heart attack. Took me to the hospital. When I got there and I told them, by that time I had calmed down and I said, well, I have heart disease. This is what my heart's operating at. They all looked at me, because at this time I had lost a lot of weight. They looked at me and said, well, you don't have heart disease. I said, yes, I do. I have heart disease. Well, you're a woman, you're a young woman. You, you don't, you know. They wouldn't take me, this is the emergency room. They would not take me serious. They did an EKG, and they're like, oh, it's normal. Well, my EKGs are always normal. They're like, oh, it's just, you know, you're fine. So then they did blood work. Came back, my liver enzymes were really elevated. Um, they discharged me. They didn't tell me anything. They just said, your enzymes are off, but check with your primary care doctor. I read the discharge paperwork, and it says alcoholism was what they, because my liver enzymes were so high. So they assumed I was an alcoholic. No, I, just... 
No, they didn't tell me this. They didn't ask they didn't me to talk to me me. about it. They didn't talk to me about it. They just assumed I was an alcoholic because my liver enzymes. So I called my cardiologist. She said, come here right now. I got there. They checked my heart. They said, the heart's working. She said, but your blood levels and your liver, liver levels are so bad right now. I'm sending you to a hepatologist right now. They were just going to send you home? They did send me home. And I just got like home. with judgment. No with less. judgment. With judgment saying that I had alcohol abuse. And they instructed in the discharge paperwork, it said to stop drinking as much. A day later, after I saw my cardiologist, I was admitted into UCLA. My gallbladder is what was erupting. Mm. Wow. It wasn't a heart attack, but it felt like a heart a heartburn yeah. type thing. It was my gallbladder. And that's why my liver enzymes were that. You, you have two of those stories? Like, yes. What? Yeah. All within like the same amount of time. Like, yeah. So okay, <laughs> I feel really upset right now. Yeah. Oh, I believe, yeah. But you know, get a second opinion. Yeah. Or a yeah. third. <laughs> or and a I did, and I did, and that because of the heart and my cough, that's why I called my cardiologist as soon. That's why I'm and saying right get away. Second. I called her right, right away. And she was mad that I didn't call her on the way to the hospital. She was like, from now on, if anything happens, you call me, and let me either get there or talk to the doctors right away. But their whole thing is, well, you don't look like you have heart failure. And you don't have, you know. Yeah. Jeez. So they just assumed I was this young mom. I wasn't even a young mom, but a mom who drank all the time. Wild. That's yeah. wild. Well, I hope So second that, opinions, everyone. Second yeah, opinions. and third and fourth. <laughs> yes. I'll keep saying that. Um, because I just feel that, like, doctors do the best they can, but they're human beings. And only you know you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like, only you know you. And so you are responsible for being your best advocate yep. in all types of situations, relationships, medical situations. Like only you is going to take care of you. Yes. And no one's coming to save you. So I think that people yes. need to remember that. Listen to your body. Yeah. You have to listen to your body. Yep. For That's sure. So important. For no, sure. Nobody does it. We ignore nobody. our bodies. Yes. We Why do we ignore our bodies? Our bodies? <laughs> because we're busy. And because other people have things that they want from us. And be, I mean, I don't know. Do you want how much of a list do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to mention that um, y'all said you were sleepy, but you're on fire right now. Oh. So keep <laughs> well, it sorry. up. Let's keep I, it going. I feel like, you know, that was a traumatic experience yeah. for you. Watching my cousin pass away and yeah. her children lose their mom was imagine. deeply traumatic. And I just like can't, you know, I mean, even after she passed away, I went to a cardiologist myself because yeah. I was like, this is my... They wouldn't, they wouldn't see me anywhere. And so I had to go pay cash. And I went to this guy in San Francisco. And he was like, wow, we actually never get to see hearts like this on the machine. You're fine. <laughs> and then I was like, what's that other machine? I want to see that too. And he's like, I'm not going to do that for you today. So he <laughs> did cut me perfect. off. <laughs> um, but I just think, you know, a bear, you know if, if you feel fine, I still think you should be really mindful and seeing a doctor regularly just to get a checkup. It's always good to just know. Do you know what I mean? It's good to have a primary. Let your example and my cousin's example be an example that you don't have to be 80 years old to have something not functioning right in your body. And you don't have to have family history. You don't have to. I didn't have it. There was no. There's no. They can't figure out why. Yeah. Um, Cardiomyopathy comes to usually postpartum. Women get it for like a temporary setting or cocaine users. Neither one. Like, I was postpartum by, like, 16 years. Yeah. But And mm. I had never done cocaine. But And so they were like, we can't figure out why. Um, but now they say, we can't figure out how you're doing so well. 
That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know how, what percentage of your heart you're using now? Do you so I'm at 55% now, which wow. is almost normal. I mean, 55 to 65 is in the normal range. Okay. Yeah. So, wow. Good yeah. for you. That's so amazing. Up, You've shared some amazing normal. things. I hope that somebody on this podcast like hears this and decides like, uh, I'm going to go check in on something that I haven't yeah. been checking in on, or I'm going to go do something that I, that I needed to do. And so it I have, I Instagram, I use hashtags a lot for heart disease or cardiomyopathy awareness or, and I've had several people that random people who just search hashtags tell me like, wow, your story is so inspiring. I just got diagnosed and you know, that'll vent to me, that'll call or message me and ask me, you know, how did you get through this? And so I think it's an inspiring story. Um, and I like to share it, and I want people to just learn that, you know, we all, you don't look like, you don't have to be, like you said, 80 years old or a man, because heart disease in men is very common. When I go to my cardiologist, it's all 70 plus, 70 plus years old men and me. <laughs> <laughs> and I walk in there, and it's like all these in their beds. And so I walk, and they look at me like, well, who are you bringing here? And I'm like, it's me. <laughs> and the cardiologist told me, like, you're probably the worst one in here. Wow. Like, you know, wow. <laughs> like, at, not now, but back then, she's like, you're in the worst shape of any of these men. But they look at me like I'm a caretaker, bring in someone. Yeah, yeah that's the problem. I think, yeah. right there. I think, we summed, up, <laughs> I think yeah. we summed up the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, you don't, I mean, it's back to body image and how people view. Skinny doesn't mean healthy. And you don't have to look sick. Yep. And even overweight doesn't mean unhealthy. Yeah. Yeah. So many misconceptions. So many misconceptions. So when you're looking for uh, validation outside of yourself, uh, just come back, come back to you, and do a little check-in. Do check-in. I know we had so many topics, and I feel like (laughs) I don't know where how long we've even been going. What? Where are we at, guys? uh, Oh wow! Oh dang! You want to keep going? I I just want to say that that's why movement is so important. Like Tyler's like, we're gonna keep going. We're in. When we do something, (laughs) yeah, let's do it. When when we do something uh, to change the way we look and everything, it's just we're not connecting with our bodies. When we're moving our bodies and we're saying, like, how do I steadily improve what I can do as a human in my body and how I feel in my body? Like, that's what makes the difference. It It really makes the whole difference. I don't know. I just want to be so clear that people should not be out there like pumping muscles and doing cardio so they can shape the way they look. The guys in the gym, right? Yeah, it's like let's let's all get together and let's let's start Unless moving that's really our bodies. fun for you and yeah. you just enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. true. Okay, that's, that's fair. Because it could be fair. fun. It could be a passion. That's I just true. I just think I really want people to connect with their bodies and connect with movement and and stop thinking about stop thinking about fitness like I'm here to change the way I look yeah. and start thinking about fitness like I'm here to change the way I feel in my body. And, and here's what, what you do for the long haul. For the long haul. Yeah. And here's what you do once you get into a fitness routine and you're doing it for 21, 45, 60 days stop doing it for 15 days you're gonna feel miserable oh i say even a week you'll notice yeah Yeah, you will notice and you're like craving it like you have to because you those endorphins like you miss them like yeah because your mind is like why'd you stop that yeah Yeah. why did you stop when my daughter moved away to college that month was insane and travel we drove across country i was packing her up it just i just got completely out of my fitness routine and I wasn't sleeping well. I was emotional. I just was like, what is going on? I wasn't moving. I wasn't working out. Mm. As soon as I got back into it, I was like, oh, I feel better. Yeah. Isn't that amazing so. if you just do a quick workout? <laughs> yeah. How your stress levels and yeah. your sense of calm and yes. everything. I think a lot of people have excess physical energy yeah. in their bodies because you know, we, we just have a, such a sedentary lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And the moment we give ourselves permission to go out and get some of that energy mm-hmm. out, it's like, oh, 
I wasn't actually anxious. <laughs> no. I just needed to get some of this physical energy out of my body. So I always, I'm a Christian, and I always tell people, you know, I don't always want to get up and go to church, like especially when I was younger. Um, but I never left church like, oh, why did I go? It's the same with the gym and working out. Like, you don't always want to work out, yeah. but you never complain when you're done. You <laughs> no, never you complain. You're like, that was a good, oh, I hated that workout. I didn't want to do it. No, you never say that. You're like, oh, I feel so much better. Yeah, and you feel proud of yourself. And yeah. again, though, to, to really reemphasize the listening to your body piece, because I think people also think, well, if a workout has to be push till failure, an hour, this, that. Like, sometimes a workout is I go for a walk with my dog. Sometimes a workout is body weight exercise. Like sometimes so, it's walking to your mailbox and back. Yeah, I mean, so, or up really, the stairs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it really is, and that's why I, my our poor tech team. I'm like, I want to build this. I want to build that. I want to build this. We're like, okay, we're trying to go as fast as we can. <laughs> but one of the things I really want to build is this. Um, it's in the next queue. Uh, or maybe two down the queue. Uh, time variability, where people can say, I just want to do ten minutes. Mm-hmm. because most of our workouts aren't, aren't super long anyway. They're like a half hour. Minutes, yeah. yeah. But like, I don't want someone to be deterred from that. I'd love for them to be like, you know what? I didn't sleep great last night, but I just want to get a little mobility or get something quick in and I want to do 10 minutes. So yes, I even think, stretching, just yeah. stretching for 10 just minutes. Just movement. Move your body. Yes. Movement. Yeah. Um, well, let's keep going. I feel like I, I, I'm actually, I'm so grateful that you touched on that Gosh, the sirens around here. Today has been wild around here. Yeah. Anyway, um, so much so much activity. Um, we had an earthquake earlier here this week. I saw that. Yeah. I was like, do I still want to go? Is there yeah. an aftershock coming? <laughs> we were just all sitting down. I'll share this side tangent really quick. There was like five of us working on a project and like really intensely. Yes. And we were like, okay, we can figure this out. We can figure this out. And we're just going and going. We're snacking. Like the, one of those kind of days. Yes. We're just like, we have to get through this. And then we're on the top story so the whole building started just like swaying and i literally didn't well clearly i just want to shout out to everybody i am not the person you go to an emergency situation everyone was looking at me and i was like no no no, don't look at me i'm panicking so i literally the physical instinct i got was to run to my child's school which would take me an hour from here i was like here we go out the door like where are the two children so like i first located them in my mind and then i was like now move your body there tyler's instinct we were like, okay, let's go back down outside now that it stopped. Tyler was like, nah, I'm gonna, I need my gum. I was like, I just want to make <laughs> sure gum? I understand correctly. I was literally going to run an hour to our children, and you were going to your gum. They ran out, and I was like, I'll meet you there. I went and got some gum. I went and got some gum real quick. And my, he didn't wanted... even bring enough for everybody because I asked him for well, some. I, I, the truth is I did bring enough for everybody, but my habit is I put like 10 pieces of gum in my mouth at the same time. Ridiculous. I don't know why. I'm just a weirdo like that. So I, I did that, and then you asked me for the gum. I said, oh, I wish you asked me before I put all of them oh, in my wow. mouth. But, no, but you the, have significant problems. The truth problems. is I assessed the situation, yeah, and yeah, I yeah. said, this is not a problem. I'm going to chew some gum while we walk around. That was the biggest earthquake I had felt since the California 89 earthquake. That was the biggest one. 5.1, right? Yeah, it was the biggest one. And I think being on the third floor, we really felt it. Um, But I was like, going to go find the kids. (laughs) And he was like, going to get my gum. Um, Anyway, I wanted to talk. If this building was going down, I was going to have minty fresh breath. (laughs) Jeez. (laughs) He's like, if the paramedic's giving me mouth to mouth resuscitation, (laughs) we're ready to go. Uh, <laughs> he puts on some lip gloss. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my. Like, like it wouldn't surprise. 
surprise me at all, Tyler. Like, that's like, we should have no, a whole podcast on this. What does Tyler do in various emergency situations? But, but you, just you, various situations, you admit honestly. It. In an emergency situation, I'm calm, cool, and collected, and I can make good and decisions. And minty. And minty. And my breath is minty fresh. <laughs> I still, I'm going to turn to oh, Nina man. in emergencies, I think. Oh, she, I think I got to go to is her. Is it the xylitol that makes you cool in this situation? Yeah. yeah. The xylitol calms me down. Okay. Yeah. Glad we cleared that up for everyone. I just, I, I can't sometimes. It's okay. okay. Balance. Okay. okay. Um, so serious stuff. I could really use some gum right now, though, for real, but I know it would not sound good on the podcast. Yeah, they're not going to. Ben yeah, and Connor over there, I saw the look on their face right when you said that. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Let's so get serious. I, wanna, I do actually want to talk about something okay. important, I feel. Um, because you do live in L.A., and um, it is probably one of the top places in the world where image is everything. So you have gone through a physical transformation. We've talked a lot about the feeling of that, the health benefits of that, the warning signs of not paying attention to that. Those are all critical messages. So we're going to go more to the vanity side. Now we've covered the deep stuff. (laughs) And um, although this probably will be too. Um, tell me about your experience in LA. Have you? How long mm-hmm. have you been in LA? How has your transformation physically been impacted by that? So I've been in LA maybe almost eight years. Okay. December will be eight years. Okay. Um, and I've lived everywhere. I was military, so I've lived everywhere. But LA is different <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah. But people, women especially, everyone is society's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then getting into the acting industry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like everyone, I mean, it's common talk. It's just everyday since to talk about plastic surgery. Yeah. Or Botox or, well, BBLs are plastic surgery. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing I notice in LA. Really? Are the Brazilian butt lifts. Oh, and wow. I think maybe I notice it more from a vanity standpoint because I'm a black woman and yeah. I don't have a big butt. And yeah. so I get teased a lot. Like, where did your butt go? Really? Yes, all the time. Like, my whole life, I've, you know, like, you have no butt. You have no butt. And so I personally, as I lost weight, losing weight made the butt even smaller. (laughs) And so I got really focused on wanting a butt. Oh, wow. And I never in my life wanted, even when I was, I didn't care until I got to L.A. Mm. And I would be in the gym or I would be on set somewhere or I'd be in the nightclub and all these perfectly rounded butts on yeah. every single like just boop 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 I started to feel insecure mm. and I was like I want one of those so I was in the gym I was following every workout where you could build your glutes build your butt it wasn't working and then I started talking and that's when I found out they're all fake yeah well not all of them but probably 80 percent yeah crazy yeah. so that's insane and just I just a side note I really want to comment on this like the BBL procedure has recently got a lot of heat it's terrible. because they're putting fat into an area where it's not supposed to be. Yeah. And what's happening is it's leaching fat into the femoral artery oh, and wow. it's causing heart disease at very oh, young ages. Wow. So, well, and I, think, I know they're trying to find ways to go around this, but like, well, and a insane. lot of the people that are getting it are very young girls. Super young. Super young. Like yeah. at the gym, the girls that have it are probably 21 or you know they're very young and I wonder are they financing this like what are they doing and you know they're going to Mexico and they're doing all these things which is also probably not the best idea (laughs) not the best idea and then I talked to someone who had one and like the recovery is insane yeah yeah well I mean I'm honestly glad you brought it up to be mm -hmm. honest with you because I've had my own plastic surgery experiences and I was like I told Nina a couple weeks ago I was like I got to bring up the plastic surgery on the podcast because 
I'm leading a podcast about body image, yes. so I have to disclose my own yeah. experiences. Otherwise, I'm like, this is kind of what I always mm -hmm. like uh, give a little bit of hate to for the Kardashians because I feel like if you're gonna get it, you gotta own it. Yes. So I'm gonna take my moment yes. to own it. Um, I've had three plastic surgery mm -hmm. experiences. Uh, it was uh, after I had my second child. Yeah. I had, uh, di how do, is it diastasis? There's another diastasis name. Diastasis recti. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so after my first, it's basically like if you could imagine the line down your abdominal, yes. like if you were to have a six pack, you would see like this line down yes. the middle. It's supposed to be what? An eighth of an inch separation? Yeah, less yes. than a quarter inch. Yeah. And yours split so far, I could take my my fist and I could put my knuckles between either side of your Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yes. And one of my dear friends uh, is a doctorate in physical therapy, has multiple practices, and he was like, sorry, girl, you're, you're going to have to get surgery. And I was like, do I have to? And he's like, yeah. And so I went and saw a plastic surgeon, and she said, you also have two hernias. Mm -hmm. And I had a ton of excessive skin mm -hmm. after. And so I said, you know, I thought a lot about it. So I knew after the first mm -hmm. child that I had pretty bad diastasis. Yes. And then after the second one, it got even worse, like really bad. Mm -hmm. And basically the way it, feel, it felt inside my body was it felt like uh, my abdominal wall had been kind of ripped sideways and mm -hmm. my organs were coming out. Yes. It felt like nothing was keeping my organs in my body. And so well, I just want to comment on that. It was it didn't feel like that. It was that. Yes. Okay. It was that. It was pretty and bad. And I think the reality is you can do a lot to strengthen the core. You can do a lot to, you know, you know, create a, a, a like a support around your waist. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, um, it's you can't really get those muscles to creep yes. back together. Mm -hmm. And so you're faced with this reality that you don't have as much ability to create intra-abdominal pressure, so you have a higher likelihood of back pain, et cetera, mm -hmm. you know, as this happens. Yeah, so I mean, I went in mm -hmm. and I uh, had found this plastic surgeon that I knew someone had used and they said, she, you know, she's incredible. She doesn't try to push you. She just wants to, you know, she's she's kind. Of, I don't. This is like kind of weird to say, but she's kind of like a natural plastic surgeon. I don't know yeah. how like else yeah, I yeah. could say it. She wants to fix the problem. The problem. Yeah. So I went in and she said, "I'm just going to share with you. If you're here to look like a Kardashian, you have to schedule a different surgeon. I'm not going to do that for you. I'm going to make you look how you looked before you were pregnant." And I was like, "But what if I want just a little better than that?" <laughs> And she was like, that's not what I'm here for. She said, I will give you a breast lift at the same time if you want it. You clearly have breastfed for a number of years. Mm -hmm. I breastfed for four years. Mm -hmm. And I went back and I thought about it for a long time. And I thought, what if I die during the surgery? Then my children will have be like, my mom died during plastic surgery, mm -hmm. right? Because I didn't technically need it. Yes. Well, I didn't need the breast lift, that's for sure. I mean, by society standards, I yes. needed it. But I didn't medically need yes. that, right? And so I thought for about it for a while, and then I thought, you're doing this because society is telling you to look a certain way. And the funny thing is my perspective of that now is like 10 times what it was then. So like I was even thinking about it then, but I am often curious about what I would do today. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went through with it. It was the most horrendous recovery. I would had two C-sections. I had had a very serious and traumatic first birth with my first child. Mm -hmm. I had tried to deliver her for 46 hours. Um, and had a very traumatic C-section where they had to put me under full general line. It's a whole, that's a different mm -hmm. episode. And it was nothing compared to that. Wow. Not even in the same ballpark. In fact, Nina was there the moments after, and I remember looking at, I deeply remember this, looking at you in the eyes and saying, I want to take it back. I want, I want to change the decision. This is not going to be worth it. And you looked at me and you said, I'm so sorry you can't do that. And I went, 
oh fuck. And I literally like laid in a bed. Towards the end, I remember like, cause basically you, you're hunched over for like two months. Like this is what I, this is why I wanna share this. Because I want to send the message that I don't believe that there should be judgment on any side of it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you should be judged if you never want to do that. I think that's amazing. I don't think you should be judged if you want to do it. I think that the root of all of the disconnection in life is either judgment for self or judgment for other. And so what I want to do is say, hey, if you're going to do it, I do believe you have a little bit of a responsibility if someone's like, nice stomach, to be like, ooh, just want to share something with you real quick. Yes. Because then you're telling people the real thing behind what you're doing so that, I don't know, that's just my yes. personal belief. So I had been waiting for this moment on yes. the podcast to be like, <laughs> I'm free. I definitely <laughs> have experienced this myself. Yes. And it's not about me saying that people shouldn't do this. It's actually about removing judgment from the whole spectrum. That's my goal with this podcast, honestly. And so, but I do think it's important for people to go in eyes wide open. Yeah, with realistic expectations. I mean, you were there, girl. It was so. I mean, I, I sobbed when you fell asleep Aww. finally. And I called Tyler and was like, oh my God, like this is the scariest thing ever watching Aww. my friend grow through this. And I don't think those young women who are 21 mm-hmm. maybe realize what the recovery is like. Like maybe they go on to a vlog and they watch someone go, I yeah. did it, it was great, yes. whatever. Sure, that's one person's opinion, but like it's it's scary, it's real, it's surgery. I had done significant research. I had done a time, I mean, I talked with you about it for a, lo- a long time, Tyler, like years. years before I did it. And about why am I doing it? Uh, I, I don't want to just conform. You know, I was doing all of those things, but it, I think it's important to be eyes wide open about mm-hmm. it. And I think if you do it and people think that you're looking a certain way because you're just you just gifted instead. I mean, I think that <laughs> I do think there's a tiny bit of responsibility to share with people when you have the opportunity. It, you can't just I don't just go up to people on the street and be like, hey, this is I've done this. But <laughs> I think given given the context, I think it's important for it to be brought up. So do you think your recovery was because of the muscle repair? Like, yeah, I'm, I, yeah, as someone who helped you move around for several yeah. months, I because am I've, almost certain that it was, it was a muscle, m- muscle repair. repair. Well, they also and found a, a second hernia. They too. didn't know, I had an umbilical hernia, so my okay. belly button had, was completely destroyed. Yes. There was no saving my belly button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they had found another hernia kind of in my rib cage. Like she was higher. like, she was like, I'm so sorry. I almost had to do a second surgery. I didn't know I was gonna be able to get it. Wow. And because you only have like they don't they don't want you to be open for that long, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it was very scary. And yes. I did know what I was getting into. I had talked to many people who have had mm-hmm. it. I had researched. I had talked with my she that poor surgeon probably got the most questions of her life I think I did multiple (laughs) pre-ops but I just I want to like be open about it and I want to take the shame out of getting it and the shame out of deciding not to do it Mm -hmm. and I do wish that I would have been in a space where I'd been like this is motherhood this is what happened to me and I'm just going to embrace it and I have a lot of respect for people who do that I was just at a place in my life where I was like I I deeply want this part of my body back. I, I yeah. deeply want this thing. Well, and, and I wasn't going to be able to get it back no matter what. I mean, I there was maybe one day I'll be brave enough to show a photo because it was like my belly button had a hurt. It was really bad. The skin was all torched. I mean, as as a man who watched you go through this, one of the things that's really just I just felt so much sadness. And that's why I, I never like basically shared anything from my side. I was just like, just do whatever you want. I'm here to support you. Like, it's really difficult to watch. Um, you know, your partner who, you know, I think you're absolutely stunning, um, you know, give birth to my two girls, give me this yes. amazing gift and then look at herself in the mirror and be like, this is, I, I don't like this. I don't like this part of me. And then not be able to do anything about yes. it. 
And that's the, like, I feel so much empathy for people who have gone through that experience and who look in, in the mirror and say, like, I can't do anything about this. And it's so difficult because we can just say, oh, be positive, yeah. you know, and just blah, blah, blah. Um, like, I can't imagine how difficult that would yeah. be, you know? And I do wish I could have gotten to a place in some, I mean, medically speaking for the um, muscle separation, I have no, like, way less back pain and... There's there there's a medical element to it. I didn't have to have the skin like fixed. Digestive and issues and stuff that like got fixed. A lot of things helped, were changed yeah. after that. But so in full transparency in what you said, um, I haven't had plastic surgery, but I'm highly considering it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, tell me about that. And I think that you know I I talk about LA and how everybody has the surgery. Mine is not for my. It's same thing. I had two children. I with one I gained 100 pounds and then I eventually lost 100 pounds and then when I got diagnosed with the heart disease I gained 80 pounds and then I lost 110 pounds. So I have a ton of loose skin on my stomach. Mm. And for me it's very frustrating that I work out so hard and I've got my body to where I want it to be not for others but just where I'm comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I just have this skin. Mhm. And I want, you know, that skin's not going anywhere. Yeah. You can do all the ab work you want. You can yeah. do all the creams you want. Skin is skin. It's not going anywhere. So I don't need, that's why I asked about the muscle recovery, because I've done a lot of research. I don't need the muscle yeah. recovery. What I need, I guess, is a mini tummy tuck. Yeah. Just to, I guess, stretch the skin. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important what you said. If you want to do that for you, that's fine. If somebody else doesn't want to do it, that's fine too. We have to stop judging others. Yeah, um, I, and I think and I, I think it's I think it's not only the judgment, but going into what you're doing eyes wide open. Because societal pressure research. too. Like you, neither of you are making that decision. It sounds like from a place of people expect this of me. If I don't do this, I fail. Like it's like yeah. your no, it's own just, comfort yeah, and happiness. I want, yeah, I want my pants to fit, so I'm not like uncomfortable. Like you know, like I yeah. have to buy a bigger size pants, but then they're too loose here because I need it tighter here and. I don't want to get everything altered. Yeah. Um, and so I want to do it for me. And I think if you research, and I don't think kids at 21 years old 18, should be making decisions to have plastic surgery. I mean, that's, in my opinion, very vain. There's, they don't have children. They haven't lived life. You know, work out. Do, you know, move your body. Yeah. And their bodies are fine anyways, however yeah. they are. Um, and, I mean, I did have to accept at one point that, you know, it, it, I did. I, I looked in the mirror and I said, this is partially because society has said, yeah. we don't want this. Because the reality is, is society could be a totally different way. Mm -hmm. It could say, oh my God, the most beautiful women in the world are postpartum women. Like that could be our belief system. Yeah. And then if that was our belief system, I would have never done that, right? Mm -hmm. So right. there was a certain amount of truth that I had to accept. Mm -hmm. Like, and then I, you know, I did want to read, I did want to read um, this thing I found online because I wanted to, help people also understand the difference between self-esteem and self-love mm -hmm. because getting that those procedures um, helped my self-esteem mm -hmm. but it, it didn't yeah. help me love myself more no, and okay. I think that there's mm -hmm. a really big difference between that so mm -hmm. if you guys will bear with me let's see if I can read again today I don't know <laughs> um, so this was an article written by a psychologist I believe and they said, medically speaking, self-esteem is a focus on the external. It's our belief that we can act and achieve in the world around us. Technically, self-esteem isn't even about the self at all. It's about the test, the workout, the weight, the salary, the partner, the next goal. 
Self-esteem is confidence and belief in our ability to do and have. And while that might be something we know is correlated overall to achievement and success, it turns out that it's not necessarily correlated to happiness, health, or loving you for you. Wow, that's big. Can I make a comment on that? There's this amazing book called Psycho-Cybernetics written by a guy named Maxwell Maltz, and he was a plastic surgeon. Mm -hmm. And what he noticed was that he would do surgeries on some people to change some aspect of them, and they would come out of it and find another thing to hate about themselves. Yes. <laughs> then he would do surgeries on people to change an aspect of them, and they'd come out and they'd feel super contented and they'd go on with their life. They fixed the thing that was really bugging them. And he stopped doing plastic surgeries for people until they went through a therapeutic process mm-hmm. for him to understand <gasps> that's the what is the outcome that smart. you're seeking, right? I and I think smart. it's so important, like if you're gonna do this, or even if you're considering it, just like you said, go in eyes wide open and say, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And if I imagine yourself having already done it mm-hmm. and say, Am I going to pick something else to, to nitpick and I'm just going to get caught in this loop of trying to show up as, with societal perfection? Or am I doing something because, like, you know, think about people who, um, you know, are, are uh, you know, incredibly overweight and mm-hmm. lose weight and have all this skin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, you've worked so hard for yourself and you can't do anything about that. Like, I, like who are do we what to you want to do. Yeah, who yeah. are we to do say what you want to do, do. Yeah. I mean, so. I do think it's a slippery slope because yeah. about two years after I got that surgery, I had another surgery. Um, and I had to really do a lot of checking about yeah. that one too. So mm-hmm. I actually, I don't know why I had never drawn the conclusion, but I had these significant bags under my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what the hell is happening to me? And then I realized after, somehow I didn't make the correlation before because I was probably so sleep deprived. I didn't, I really truly didn't sleep yeah. for nine years. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, okay. Yes. So I went back to the same woman and she was like, oh, you're back. And I was like, I just want to check in on something. She goes, I said, I want to talk with you about removing the skin under my eyes. And she said, I don't do that surgery before the age of 40. I just love this woman, yes. right? Yeah. She is not, yeah. she would she would be fired in LA. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I said, okay, I understand actually, thank you for that, for that wake up call. I appreciate yeah. that. And she goes, but let me look. And then she went, oh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna do the surgery for you. <laughs> and I was like, oh no. And she said, oh no, you, it's a pretty bad case. And I went, Oh, okay. Thanks. Like <laughs> you kind of insulted you, <laughs> you kind of insulted me. Oh, but she it. was like, "Oh, you know, I don't like to do that until you're over 40." And then she was like, "I want you to do this." We were actually on Zoom. She's like, "I let me see you. Let me see your eye." And she had me do this thing and she was like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll do it for you." And I went, oh, shit. And then I did sit with it again for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I thought, why am I doing this? You just want to look a certain way. And I was like, I, I just want to get back to homeostasis before the children. Like, <laughs> I just want to look how I looked a few years ago. And even that in itself is driven by societal yes. expectation that women aren't supposed to age. So I might get hate for all of this. I don't, I don't know. But I did have to make the choice for myself. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I, I can absolutely attest to this thing that I read, that I did not love myself better after those procedures. I did have a little more self-confidence because I felt a little bit more like me, but I did not love myself more. Yes. And so I think that's an important distinction. And I, and I do feel grateful because I've sat in these things for a long time and I don't really feel the desire to, yes. I, I'm kind of like, okay, thank you for doing those things. Those were the things that I felt really impacted me after having mm-hmm. children. And I, again, I have a ton of respect for women who are like, this is it. The kids fucked me up. And I'm like, (laughs) I'm here for you too. You know, like I just, I would love for women to collectively come together and be supportive Mm -hmm. of one another and less judgmental of self and less judgmental of each other. 
and really have the conversation. Now, again, with this plastic surgery, I do have the caveat. I do believe people need to, if people are going to, you know, especially like I know we're selling a fitness product. I'm not in the product, but if I was in the product, I would probably have like a little like thing in the bottom corner, like results or thanks to Dr. Blah, blah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, like. I just feel that passionate that if you have a platform and you're doing that and people are trying to give you their money to achieve something that you have that Which, isn't. Which, though, is true and not true. Because I do know people that have had plastic surgery, tummy tucks, um, breast, lift, breast lifts, that were working out at the time and in decent shape. Because you, you've got to be at a good point to get that done. Okay. Like you can't be extremely overweight and go get a tummy tuck. And, it, you know, they want you at a healthy weight to get it done that 10 years later, they just give up. They think, oh, I have it now. And they're back to square one. Oh, you know, she freaked mm-hmm. me out, actually. The surgeon told me, uh, this isn't a free pass. Yeah. If I if I reconstruct this part of your body yeah. and you just give up on yourself, uh, like if you don't move your body yeah. or whatever, you can do whatever you want. But your body's going to gain weight in very, very bizarre ways yes. because it can't gain weight here now. And I went, what? Yeah. So <laughs> and she said, you still have to work out. You but that's what I mean, though. It's like, yeah. this is what I mean by eyes wide open. Yes. This is not a free pass. No. There are complications that can happen. Like I was non-responsive to the medication mm-hmm. after the surgery, oh. which was a major problem. They couldn't get my meds under control. Nina probably almost had a heart attack. Another, another podcast for another day. <laughs> but I, think I know where that deep breath came from. I think it's oh, about man. eyes wide open. And, yes, and again, you know, if open. you're sitting at home and you're like, I've had something and I don't really want to tell people, that's your business. Yes. I feel personally responsible because I have a podcast and I have a business where I'm trying to get women to feel better about themselves. So yes. I feel personally responsible. I do think people like the Kardashians, I will say, I do think they have a responsibility to say, guys, you should buy my lipstick for sure. But <laughs> I, um, I just want you to know that like this is this the lipstick doesn't make your lips look <laughs> yeah, like this yeah. <laughs> so you know i just felt yeah. like i had a personal responsibility yes, so everyone should get to do what they want to do but i think the main message is if we're going to go down the plastic surgery route Great. it's not a free pass yeah. eyes wide open safety needs to be number one um and i also think we should acknowledge that it's a privilege to get that i had financial yes. resources to be able to pay yes. for that yes. and so it's like You know, I just feel like there's so many things that we miss when we talk about this topic. Well, and you were referred to somebody. That here comes again, first, second opinions. Don't go with the first plastic surgeon. If you're gonna do that, research your doctors. Yeah. There's so many out there and like you talked about how the BBLs are dangerous. Mm. But there's doctors that are doing them. Yeah. And that will continue to do them despite what, you know, the FDA says, they're still gonna keep doing it. So Research your doctors too. Get your opinions and go into it knowing, you know. Best. And I, I lucked out because I didn't realize that I had found this woman whose goal was to like basically help women in, with their self-esteem and like get them to look like them. And like I said, the first line out of her mouth was if you're here to look like somebody else, you got to get a different yes. plastic surgery surgeon. My schedule's already booked. I don't need your money. Yes. And I was like, oh, so, damn, okay. Yes. <laughs> and so I think, you know, the context of it all is important. But um, really sitting with yourself and I think the only message I could deliver to people is that if you think you're going to love yourself more from it, you're not. Because mm. I didn't love myself more. That's good. Uh, I did have a little more self-esteem. But like we've just read, like that's not nece- it's not correlated with self-love. True. So um, it is you know, it is on the surface. It It's not anything that really hits like a deep, you know, powerful, meaningful yeah. thing, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. um, I do think, you know, if you're in a situation, like maybe your situation, 
uh, maybe you would have more self-esteem, but I think people don't know the full scope, right? Mm -hmm. They think, oh, it'll be an easy recovery. I'll love myself more. It'll be this, it'll be that. But I think you got to sit with it. And I think you got to go in eyes wide open. Yes, absolutely. And I think if you are an influencer of others and they are buying things from you, it's important. You should tell them. You should tell them. them. So, well, now that you guys know everything about me on the podcast. (laughs) Is there a third one coming down the pipeline? No, I don't have anything else. This is confession. I I don't have anything else. Um, Uh, I'd like to make a quick confession that my butt is real. <laughs> and and oh it's from lots of squats. I'm so. sorry, Tyler. What? That that thing is ain't going nowhere. Squats or no squats. Squats. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's like it's you. I just you wanted to be clear that this is not a BBL. <laughs> this is authentic homegrown glutes. I wonder so. do guys get them? Say that again? I wonder do guys get BBLs? Oh, good God. I have no idea. Oh, I'm sure that's happened. That is a podcast for yeah. another day. <laughs> I wonder. For sure. For I'm sure. sure. I'm yeah. sure. Well, I'm so grateful that you came up from LA to see us. Yes. Thank you for uh, having me. I, I think the the people in our community are going to love having you in our product here in I'm January. Excited. I'm so excited. And I just want a meaningful conversation around, yeah. you know, like some fun things, some light things, but also some really powerful things. And so I think... Uh, maybe the most important message that people could take from today was that your own inner voice is the most important, despite what society tells us, doctors, plastic surgeons, friends, family, like your relationship with self and your inner voice is the most important. And listen uh, to it. Take care of yourself. Turn that dial up a little bit if you can today. So if you take anything from here, I hope you take that. And I'm prepared for all the hate that's going to come in on this podcast. We always, Connor the other day was like, uh, do you guys want to keep an Excel spreadsheet of the hate comments and then you guys can address them on the ep- on the podcast? I said, yes, we can do a whole episode of all the comments and all the things because I know we're talking about controversial um, stuff. So stay tuned for future episode where the three of us dissect the haters. <laughs> but thank you so much, Marilyn. We'll, we'll, have, we'll have to me. have you back for yeah, sure. It was a great conversation. It. Thank you. Thank all right, you, take care, everyone. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed today's show. Now, before you go, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a moment right now to subscribe to the podcast and then leave us a review. This helps spread the word so more people can feel lighter by shedding one belief at a time. Also, we want to hear from you. So if this episode impacted you or you have any questions that you think would be great for us or any of our future guests, please feel free to email us at podcast at weshape.com. And finally, if you want to try WeShape's different approach to health and fitness, remember that right now you can sign up for WeShape's Feel Good Challenge and get access to everything WeShape has to offer for free. Just click the link in our podcast description or go to weshape.com slash challenge to sign up.